Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, in Genesis 18, we, we do see God speaking to Abraham again, right? Um, and he's basically, he, he comes to Abraham. There's, he comes in the form of three people. Remember, he prepares a meal. Um, you know, he's being the, the ultimate hospitable host, right? Um, he doesn't just get them a drink of water and some morsels and send them on their way. Rather, he prepares a feast for these guys, right? Um, and there, there's some understanding that Abraham has that this is God. Um, God has come to him again. And and he's reminding Abraham also of the covenant and the promise of a son. Um, and he he tells him, you know, surely I'll return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And remember, Sarah was in the tent overhearing this. And what does Sarah do? She laughed, right? She laughed to herself, she laughed to herself yeah. Um, but God knows. And God doesn't let her remain in her unbelief. Um, but he calls her out, you know, verse uh, 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. Uh, but Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, no, but you did laugh. And so, again, that's God's grace being poured out to Sarah, not letting her remain in the lie, um, but exposing the truth to her um, so that she can live in the light. And that's what God does for each and every one of us, right, uh, who come to Christ. He, he, he brings us to the light so that we can live in the light. He, he removes any lies that we are living in and exposes them for what they are um, and leads us to the truth. I think it's interesting that it says at the appointed time too because we know in Luke how it says that in the fullness of time. Mm -hmm. So this was an appointed time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there there's there's so much truth to that about God appointing times. Um, he is the one who sees all things, knows all things, uh and in his wisdom, he, he, he sets certain markers. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about Amy, mm -hmm. graduating with a degree, and now there's a strike. Yeah. So that there's really very little opportunity to get placed where her degree would have placed her. Yeah. And now here in the office, 
Yeah. Yeah. And so God, he, he, he works mysteriously through his providence in our lives. Um, and a lot of times we don't understand it. Um, you know, why did Sarah have to wait so many years for a son? I don't know. But God does. Um, and so this, this is what we see going on. And then finally towards the last thing we kind of looked at was God is now revealing to Abraham what is about to take place at Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, you know, and let me just read through 16 through 21 just to refresh our memories real quick. It says, uh, Then the men set out from there, and they looked down toward Sodom, and Abraham went with them to set them on their way. Again, we see him being that, that gracious host. He doesn't just send them off on their way. He, he travels with them a little bit to make sure they're safely on their way. Um, the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations on the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have chosen him that he may, that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me, and if not, I will know. Um, and so again, God wants to reveal to Abraham the, the justice that he is about to administer upon Sodom and Gomorrah, and this is a way of training Abraham in both righteousness and justice. Um, and so if Abraham's to become a great nation and a father of many nations. He needs to understand that sometimes there are tough choices that need to be made. Um, if you're going to be that type of leader, you need to understand when to make these choices. Um, and the tough choice that God needs to make is, do I bring down my judgment upon these people? Uh, or do I withhold it? And so this is what kind of where we left off last time. So let's read a little bit further, um, starting in verse 20. Yeah, go ahead. So God, you know, he wouldn't have even asked a question if he didn't want to reveal it to Abraham. It was kind of a rhetorical question. Um, but he definitely piqued Abraham's interest by doing so. Um, but yeah, he, he, he wants to reveal things to his children as well. Yeah, yeah. The road to Emmaus, yep. Yeah, yeah, because they were lost, right? They they were confused. 
people were saying, well, you know, Christ rose from the dead. What does that mean? You know, there's these reports. And so Christ comes to them. He, he hides who he is from their eyes, right? Um, but he reveals from the scriptures who the Messiah is. And then after they, the, what do they say? Our hearts were burning within us. Yeah. And, and it isn't until after he reveals who the Messiah is that he reveals to them that he is actually the risen Lord. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's read further, starting in verse 22. It says this, So the men turned from there and went toward Sodom, but Abraham still stood before the Lord. Then Abraham drew near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and that spirit for the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death and with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, If I find at Sodom fifty righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Let's pause there for a moment. What is Abraham doing here? He he's doing intercessory prayer, right? He he's pleading with God. Yeah, and so it, it's interesting. So we we see a couple dynamics, right? There there's three men, right? What what happened to two of them? Two of them went on. And then it said, Abraham stayed with the Lord. Um, and so, and we're, we're going to see this coming up when, when the two get to Sodom, right? Um, and so Abraham's, he is, uh, he is pleading with God. And what is his plea? The righteous wouldn't be swept away with the unrighteous, right? It's, it's, it's a testimony of Abraham being able to testify to the fact that God can see mm-hmm. into the hearts of those who are dwelling. And yeah. if there are 50 righteous, won't you stare based on their righteousness? And yeah, being, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so he he's appealing to God's justice, right? Um, and his mercy. Justice yeah, and justice and mercy, right? And so is it fair for the righteous to be swept away with the unrighteous? It's not a matter of fairness, it's rich. Well, I mean, let's think about this logically, right? We, we have our own justice system. And say, say you had 100 people here, right? 
and say 95 of them are criminals. They, they did something horrific. And then you have five people who just were living their normal lives. Um, and like say they did something that was worthy of the death penalty, the 95. Um, and you said, well, we're going to bring out a firing squad for the 100. Is that justice? <laughs> no, it's it's not, right? And so this is what, what Abraham's appealing to. He's appealing to God's justice. Um, he's saying you, you, you can't do this if there's if there's fifty righteous people there, you can't sweep them away with everybody else. That's that's not what a righteous God does. Um Well, it's, he's, he's speaking in his own, yeah, his own terms, right? Because right. um, we know that there have been martyrs throughout history. Well, sure. That yes. Was it just according to the rules? It, yeah, it, you look like you have a question too, Andrew. No, I was going to Go for it. Yeah, yeah, and, and so, you know, Abraham obviously doesn't know the hearts of all the people in the city. Who does he know in the city, though? Lot, right? His nephew is down there, his nephew's wife, and their two daughters. And so there's, there's four people that he knows pretty well that he is worried about. Um, and so part of his pleading is also for his nephew. Um, he, he doesn't want to see them under God's judgment. Um, and that's, that's very, very understandable. I mean, we all have family um, who, who probably don't know Christ right now. And we, we pray for them and we plea for them to, to, come, to come, come to Christ. And we don't want to see them under God's judgment. And so Abraham is, maybe he thinks Lot is a righteous man, um, and in some ways he was. Uh, go to the book of Hebrews, and we discover that there was some righteousness about him. Um, yeah. Uh, Can I go Yeah, go ahead. Why not... Uh, from Abraham's perspective, why not just come out and say that as opposed to this other kind of roundabout tactic of saying, well, you know, if there's 50 people, 50 righteous people, spare the city, but what I'm really thinking about is my family. You know, well, <laughs> you know, par part of it is might, might be Abraham understanding who he's speaking to. Um, and so he's, he's probably trying to come up with an argument. He, he's being a lawyer here and to some extent. And so he's trying to come up with an argument for the judge in order to 
stay what's about to happen. So he's like a public defender. In a yeah, in a sense, he is. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and so when when you come to like Christian martyrs, um, you know, is that just? Is that true justice? No. Um, but do we have true justice on this earth? No. We we don't. Yeah, we we really don't. And so even you know, the justice system that we have today while it may be better than like the justice system in North Korea, right? You know, the justice system in America to North Korea, I'd rather have America's justice system. Um, it's still not perfect. Um, there are plenty who are innocent that suffer. There are plenty who are guilty that don't suffer. Um, and that's because we live in a fallen creation. Um, but God's justice is perfect, uh, and so and we'll see this. Is there something to the fact that, uh, or I guess I have this, when these guys all live together before they divide up, there's easily 50 people that Abraham would have known. And I guess I had always thought that maybe Abraham thought things hadn't gotten as bad as they had gotten, and it might be more people he was actually thinking of than just... Well, there could be more people that he knew, um, he probably didn't spend too much time down there, though. Uh, he had his own affairs by the Oaks of Mamre. Um, you know, he, he left that area for Lot they, when they had divided up. Uh, now, he had met the king because when he rescued them, uh, remember there was God had brought judgment on them before in order that they might repent, and he brought a savior to them through Abraham. Um, but what we're going to discover is that this city did not repent, even after they had went through a, a type of judgment and were rescued out of it. Um, and so this is, this is kind of what we're going to see. We're going to see true justice enacted by God. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a good point, though, because Abraham was probably thinking from his perspective that he and his household were following God. You know, anybody who was under him was circumcised. Uh, you know, so yeah. anybody who was living with him uh, would, would be following in the footsteps of God. Uh, whereas if Lot and his family had done the same thing, then, you know, there probably would have been 50 in the city that uh, might have been. Yeah, we don't know how many servants Lot had. But uh, um, maybe that's, that's where he's coming from, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's that's just it. 
God is just, and whatever he decides will be just. Um, but we don't know the hearts of people, and so we, we plea to God, and, and we plea for... He allows it. Yeah. He hears it. Yeah. Yeah, he allows us to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's read a little further and see, see what happens next. Verse 27. Abraham answered and said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. I, who am but dust and ashes, suppose five of the fifty righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. Again, he spoke to him and said, Suppose forty are found there. He answered, For the sake of forty, I will not do it. Then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Suppose thirty are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find thirty there. He said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. Suppose twenty are found there. He answered, For the sake of twenty, I will not destroy it. Then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak again but this once. Suppose ten are found there. He answered, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way when he had finished speaking to Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. So, so what's going on here? What, what is Abraham doing? He's testing the waters, right? What's interesting about this is we read it, and it, what did it take me, one minute to read through that section? We don't know exactly how long this took. You know, Abraham may have asked about the 45 and then sat down and thought about it for a while. said, I think I need to go back and talk, talk to God some more. What if there's just 40? And, and so this, most, more, most likely this probably took you know, an hour or two where they were just sitting there, Abraham's mulling all this in the back of his mind. There may not be 30 people there that are righteous. Let me go and ask about 20. Okay. And he's thinking about it again. Okay, maybe 10. Maybe God will be that gracious. 10. And and 10's the last, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah. The answer is the same. And so what what becomes clear out of this is that God his his what he plans on doing is rescuing the righteous out of the tragedy that's about to take place. Um, and we'll see that, that that's what God does. Um, I don't know if he understood that. Destroy the city? It could be. Yeah. 
Yes. We do that a lot, right? Where we mm -hmm. have this such narrow focus on life and the here and now. We don't know what God's going to do next week. And God's justice plan is actually going to save those five people so I can destroy the city still. Yeah. And again, I thought it was interesting. Point three, he uses that word, or the phrase, sweep away. So when you think of like pushing the broom. Yeah. Are they pennies or quarters? So are you just not going to sweep the floor because there's pennies down there with the dirt? Or are you going to reach down and grab the pennies and sweep the dirt with it? And I think Abraham, at this point, is believed that because there's still pennies down there, quarters or shekels or whatever, that God is just going to save the whole city. At least yeah. Yeah, and he may have thought that, you know, okay, well, God's going to relent. Um, he'll he'll find out later that that's not the case. Some of this may have been for our benefit or the people that Abraham has to deliberate with uh, during the Exodus. Mm -hmm. I mean, he can say, God told me this. He told me this. He told me this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and it is for our benefit. Um, but I think it was for Abraham's benefit as well. Um, so don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like yeah, yeah. You know, you, you aren't going to do that, are you? And I think verse 33 is the telltale of all, and the Lord went his way when he had finished. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we're done here. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, this is... This is a challenging, this whole section is very challenging for us to re wrestle with, right? Um, because we, we know what's coming. All of us who have read Genesis before have heard the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. We know what's about to take place, and that's, that's difficult to ponder. Um, could you imagine, like, God coming down to Las Vegas today and destroying the whole city? I mean, it is called Sin City for a reason, but, you know, are there 50 righteous people in Las Vegas? <laughs> you laugh. But most likely there are. You know, there's churches there that are reaching out to people. Um, yeah, we, we see natural disasters all the time. Sweeps away the righteous with the unrighteous. And there have yeah. Missionaries yeah. And so we see this all the time in our world, right? You know, I think I think of the tsunami that hit. I don't know how many years ago that was now, but, um, well, the Japan one, but the one that hit Thailand and Sri Lanka, yeah. Yeah. It, that was like 200, over 200,000 people died. That's insane to think about. Well, sure. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. 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 God still, he's just in his ways. We don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, and so these are the things that we, we need to wrestle with, right? When we come to the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, we, we have to wrestle with these things. You know, what is true justice? What is What does God's justice look like? And what does that mean for us today? Sure. Yeah. If you if you think about it, Abraham asks God six times, right? Um, to you know, what about fifty? What about forty-five? What about forty? Thirty? Twenty? Ten? Um, and so he's he is kind of pressing his luck there, right? Um, Surely he knows he's not negotiating. Yeah, yeah. Um, you should ask once more. Seven is Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think it, it just uh, will reinforce to Abraham later on just uh, how corrupt the city really was you know, when God destroyed it. And that's what we're going to discover when we get into chapter 19. Um, that, that God's justice is, is pure justice. Um, so the bottom line then is that yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, and that's what Abraham had to do. Yeah. When he left, or when the Lord went his way and gave the last word, Abraham had to trust God that God would do what is just and righteous. Good question, if this yeah. cup can pass from, but not my will, uh, yeah. Kids are coming up. Let's pray and we'll finish up. Uh, Father, we do thank you for your word, even though it can be difficult for us sometimes. And we do ask for your guidance, and uh, particularly as we look at our world today and, and and see many of the same sins that that were going on in Sodom and Gomorrah go on in our society today. And what does that mean for us? Um, will your judgment fall upon us? We don't know. 
but we do ask for your mercy. We do ask that your gospel would go forward so that our society would change. Um, Lord, but we need, we need you to work in mighty ways for that to happen. So we pray for you, uh, for your Holy Spirit to move among us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.